Every little league field in America rings with the admonition to young boys to hustle. And if you're trying to make extra money, they used to call it moonlighting. Now it's called the side hustle. And there is perhaps not a harder hustling demographic than today's mom. The idea of hustle is admired in America, but at what cost? Melinda Fuller attacks this concept in her new book, Obedience Over Hustle, and she's here to talk with us about it. Melinda, welcome to the program. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. So what made you want to write this book about hustle? (laughs) Okay, so it actually never started out as a book. Um, It was the result of me feeling very exhausted as a young mom who was struggling a lot of things. And, um, I was working at at the time and working like three to five days a week at a chiropractic office. And I just started homeschooling and I had no idea what I was doing. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, my husband worked at a large church, so we weren't necessarily dependent on my income, but it was helpful because we were living in an expensive part of the country. And I also really wanted to write and use these gifts that I felt like God had given me to just communicate and encourage women. And um, at the end of the day, I couldn't do all of those things. And I felt like God was asking me to give up something. Mm -hmm. And when he asked me to give up my day job, I kind of choked a bit. And he asked me, well, am I your provider or are you your provider? Mm. And that's kind of where it started, this giant leap of obedience for me. And the more I talked to other people about what it meant to follow God into the daily obedience of our lives, whether that was, you know, giving up a job to be at home with their kids or choosing to love a neighbor instead of being super involved at church or whatever that looked like for that individual. Um, It was the same uh, response that I got back from people. The world tells me that I have to do all these things and be all these things, and I'm just tired of striving and being exhausted at the end of the day, and for what? And um, the more I shared about it and the more I wrote about it, uh, it really was resonating with people. And a friend said, hey, I think this is going to be something big for you. I think it might be a book. Hmm. And so it never started out as a book. It just started out with this simple whisper from God to me saying, hey, will you, will you actually obey me? Not just like in thoughts and in words, but in, in the deeds, your daily deeds. So that's how it all started. Wow. So let me ask you this. In in some of the materials I received, the term artificial significance came up. Yeah. What do you you mean by that? (laughs) Um, It's actually, I heard Bill Johnson actually use that in in a message, and what he was talking about was the busyness of our lives. And it's almost as if the more busy we are, the more— we feel like we have significance Mm. and it's the pursuit of our purpose, not the pursuit of God, but like the pursuit of his calling on my life or these big dreams that I have, like that's what gives me significance. And the reality is like, it's not the pursuit of anything like that that gives us significance or our self-worth, our identity, our significance comes from being God's kids. And, um, and yet that kind of gets lost. I feel like in modern Christianity, because we are always seeking to do things for the Lord, Mm. do like grand things or just 
maybe not to be seen, but it is to be seen. And sometimes the things that he's asking us to do um, and the ways that he's asking us to obey have nothing to do with being seen. It's, you know, keeping our mouth shut in, instead of getting in the last word with our spouse when we're having an argument, or it's putting down our phones or turning up the screens and being really intentional and really focused on the little people in our lives, our children, or maybe it's being neighborly to the person next door who's kind of grumpy to us, but we know that they really need Jesus. And so um, I think it's when we stop, um, you know, seeking to find our validation or our recognition or our worth in the big things that the world tells us that we have to do and, and stop the busyness. You know, Jesus called us to do a lot of things that he never once said, I want you to go out and be busy. Mm. Wow. Now you're you're hitting kind of close to home here, Melinda. I got to be honest with you. This this uh, this searching. For me as well. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, it's almost addictive. Our culture makes it. it it's intoxicating. Yeah. Sometimes, it, yeah. if we stay busy, we stay active. We don't even have time to think. It, it almost keeps us from having to deal with the uh, the real issues that that are important. And how right. do you, how do you break that cycle? <laughs> um. That's a great question. <laughs> um, I have definitely not arrived at that. I think it's a, a process for a lot of us. But um, I think Sabbath mm. and really understanding that term and the idea and not just like, oh, it's the day our family goes to church, but everything else looks the same, but really embracing this you know, Hebrew idea of like stopping and ceasing. Um, and it like predates the Ten Commandments. You know, it's all the way back in the garden of, in the garden when God stopped doing, stopped creating. And I'm like, I take my cue from that. Like if the God of the universe took one day off to break from everything, to just rest, then sure, certainly I need at least one day off in right. heaven. And so for our family, a couple years ago, we really tried to lean into this idea of, um, you know, we're not going to just use our Sabbath day, whether that's Saturday or Sunday. And for us, that floats because we're, you know, always been active on staff or working in ministries. And so it's not always Sunday. Sometimes it's Monday. Sometimes it's Friday. Um, but we're not going to work. We're not going to, like, be active in our side business. We are not going to be out running errands. We're not doing lawn care or house chores. Um, I try really hard not to cook on the Sabbath. So it's a little bit more intentionality in the back end. Like we have to prepare food ahead of time. We try and get all the chores and cleaning and laundry and all those things done the day before so that when our Sabbath rolls around, it is literally rest. Yeah, And it's not just zoning out in front of the TV for eight hours either. It's like what things really nourish our souls and our spirit. So if so, we are entertaining, not entertaining, but hosting people, I should say, um, there are people that we don't do so out of obligation. It's people who actually fill us up. <laughs> yeah. um, and then we, just, we let the dishes pile up and or we go out to eat or we um you know we're not shopping um we're reading i take a nap if i can we sleep in we are outside and active in nature you know what are those things that really fill us up because if we're operating from a place of like this is not the i'm so exhausted i need a day off but i'm going to fill myself 
now I'm going to go into the rest of my week because I my cup is full. Um, I think that's really how God designed Sabbath. To Absolutely. Be. So that is like the practical part for our family. And it's so it's so funny because all of those are scriptural mandates, and yet sometimes our hustle at church is the worst place. Yes. Yes. And like I said, like we've been on staff at really big churches and small churches and involved in ministry our whole, like, you know, the last 15 years. So I totally get that. Um, and I think it's just, you know, even more effort required on our part as leaders to, okay, if it's not going to be Sunday, then what day is it for you? Like, what day is it that you're going to pull your family away from work where you are not available by telephone unless it is like life or death? Mm. And I think that it's a trend that's, I think that about like the shift is the pendulum's going to go in the opposite direction because we are just a culture that's so burnt out and so tired and it's affecting our sleep. It's affecting our mental health. It's affecting our emotional health, our physical health. And I think more and more people are going to start tuning into this idea that we need to rest better. Absolutely. And I, you know, just this conversation is helping me chill out just a little bit. I'm so grateful (laughs) for this book. Where, Where can folks get a copy of your book, Melinda? Yeah, um, all the major Christian retailers obviously are carrying it, and then Amazon, Barnes and Noble, uh, online at Target and Walmart as well. So, kind of anywhere books are sold. All right, the book is called Obedience Over Hustle. Let me ask you if you had one thing to tell that that completely frazzled mom that's out there right now, <laughs> um, hopefully tuning in. What would you say to them other than buy my book? <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say. God's not asking you to do all the things. Hmm. And so it's the story of Martha and Mary where Martha's running around doing a lot of things. And Jesus comes to her and says, you are concerned with many things, but only if you are needed. And so to today's mom, today's woman, I would just say, God isn't going to shame you for all of the good things that you are doing, but he, but he hasn't asked you to do them all. So when you know what the few yeses are that you are, that God wants you to, to say yes to, those few things, it means that it's really easy for you to say no to everything else. And so walk confidently in the things that He's asking you to do, um, and then, you know, let go of everything else. Yeah, absolutely. Such a great word. Melinda, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you so much for having me. It was great. Absolutely. And can fo- folks can find out more about you at melindafuller.com. Is that right? Yeah, MelindaFuller.com or ObedienceOverHustle.com um, as well. All right. Again, the book is called Obedience Over Hustle, available just about everywhere you get books. And until next time, this is John Graham bringing you The Culture Connection. 